Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 88 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes and I am here to declare that the post-Disney vacation depression is real. It has been a really tough week. We had a, a great time down at Walt Disney World, which you'll hear more about soon. But adjusting back into everyday life after a vacation is hard. It's helping a little bit that the weather here is starting to warm up. Uh, but it, it's not even close to what we experienced during our, our trip last week. I'm already looking forward to the next time we can get down there, and there's n- not a time I'm in more of a vacation planning mode than right after I get back from a vacation. So I'm the I'm the type of person who who needs the next vacation immediately uh, planned so that we have something to look forward to, and uh, I'm sure many of you can also relate to that. Real quickly, before we get into some other things, I wanted to catch you up on two Disney Cruise developments that occurred since my last show. First, Disney Cruise Line extended the use of future cruise credits to September 30th, 2020, excuse me, 2022. So if you've uh, had a cruise canceled and received credit toward a future cruise, Uh, your window to use that credit has been extended a little bit further. And second, there was yet another round of cruise cancellations announced. All cruises now through the month of May were canceled, and cruises on the Magic were canceled through August 10th. So there will be no European summer cruises with Disney this year, unfortunately. Disney Cruise Line also announced that it is evaluating various options for its remaining Alaska cruises this season in light of the Canadian government's cruise ban through February 2022. So we'll see what happens there. I am not confident that uh, we'll see Alaska sailings this year, but I I have to say I'm hopeful because uh, what else can we do at this point? Moving along here, I wanted to bring up a giveaway that I announced on our social media pages this week. I have a really cool limited edition 11 by 14 Disney Cruise lithograph that my friend Chris in the Concierge Lounge uh, gave gave uh, gave to me to give to a listener. So if you want to see what it looks like, I have a picture of it on all of my social media pages. It's a really cool image, and the the other one that I have looks great hanging on my wall. Um, So it's definitely a a pretty cool thing to give away. To enter, all you have to do is leave a five-star review for the show on iTunes, 
really trying to grow the show and the reach on iTunes. Uh, so it would really help me out and I'd really appreciate it. Once you leave the review, just let me know that you did either by commenting on one of our uh, social media posts or by reaching out to me directly and I'll, uh, I'll add you to the list uh, for the giveaway. Um, thanks in advance for your support. Those reviews really do uh, help to grow the show and I really appreciate it. And speaking of iTunes reviews, I've already received several new ones since I announced the giveaway. So thanks to all of you who uh, who left reviews. I'll read those off on the next episode because I, I think this, this episode is going to go a little long. Uh, but I did want to read one that was left before I announced the giveaway and, uh, and forgot to bring it up on my previous episode. So uh, apologies uh, to this person who left this review. This one comes from username JRiggs and is titled Magical. I've recently discovered this podcast and have quickly become a huge fan. The length of the podcasts are just right and the info given is awesome. You can really hear the passion for Disney Cruise Line and everything he says. During the pandemic and the cruise shutdown, it's been a breath of fresh air to have someone remind us of the magic we've all experienced on Disney Cruise Line. Thank you for everything you do and for con- and for continuing to bring us that passion and magic. I, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure what else to say about that other than thank you. It's extremely kind and very thoughtful and really means a whole lot to me. So thank you very much, Jay Riggs. I can't say enough how much I appreciate that review. All right, let's get into the topic for today's episode. I'm going to do something this week that I haven't done since all the way back in episode number two of my show, and that's talk about something other than Disney Cruise Line. Um, and I even debated whether or not I should do this, but when I set out to do the show three and a half years ago, my goal was to create a podcast that was exclusively focused on Disney Cruise Line because that is my biggest passion. And, um, it was something that I felt was lacking in the, uh, in the, in the podcast world. So far, I've been able to accomplish that, and I, I think, I think uh, mine is the only show that has done that, have been exclusive to Disney Cruise Line. Well, as you know, my family recently returned from spending a week down at Walt Disney World, and I've had several listeners reach out uh, to me and ask if I would share my experiences on the show. Given that things are a little different right now down at Walt Disney World and how slow things are um, with Disney Cruise Line, I figured that my experiences might be useful to someone who is planning a trip down there um, or maybe is on the fence about whether or not they want to visit Disney World right now. Um, I know I do. I have my listeners, passionate Disney Cruise fans, but I, I'm sure you're also uh, Disney fans as well. So uh, so I, I figured this might be helpful. I also use this podcast as, as somewhat of a, a personal travel blog. So I'm, um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about our trip on this week's episode. Hopefully you all won't mind my departure from the Disney Cruise Line topics. I promise I'll get right back to it uh, in, in the next episode. So I'm going to do a daily recap of our vacation, and then at the end of the show, I'm going to answer some common questions uh, that I get, provide a a few helpful tips, and also share some of my own personal observations that I had while while we were down there. So please, uh, please be sure to stay tuned for that part. I I, I was taking notes on my phone as things popped into my head as I uh, noticed things. So um, hopefully I, I, I put together a good list that'll be interesting to everyone. Sound good? All right, here we go.
So we had booked our flights for this trip several months in advance and were originally scheduled to land in Orlando around 5.30 in the evening, which would have put us at the resort around 6.30 at the earliest. That's assuming that everything went, you know, perfectly. Um, as, as the weather forecast in Orlando started to come into view, it appeared as though one of the, one of the nicest and warmest days uh, of our week down there was going to be on the, the day that we flew in. And so not wanting to miss out on the extra sunshine, we, we moved our flights up so that we could squeeze in an extra pool day. And this was, it was really easy to do since the airlines are being so flexible right now with their, with their change in cancellation policies. We um, all we had to do was pay the difference in airfare, which was relatively inexpensive. And I, it, this turned out to be a, a, a great decision, and we effectively got a, a bonus day at the resort. And that's actually one travel tip that I would always recommend when doing a, va- a Disney vacation: uh, to fly in as early as possible on the first day, and then fly out as late as possible on the last day. And I know that people typically book flights completely based on price. I know that's usually how we do it as well. Um, but if you have the flexibility for whatever reason, I definitely recommend doing it this this way. We had a, a great first day at the wilderness lodge. Um, the kids and I spent a lot of time in the pool, uh, by the pool, around the pool, (laughs) which is, uh, it's one of the things that we have missed the most, uh, during, uh, you know, this, this coronavirus period and also during the winter months. We love, we love the pool. And, there's just something about being in the sunshine at a Disney resort that just changes the way you feel. You're more happy and carefree and all your problems just uh, just don't seem to matter anymore. There's actual Disney magic that takes place. I'm, I'm convinced of it. We stayed at the pool pretty late uh, that day, and of course, because this is what we always do on our vacations, we uh, made sure to spend some time browsing the merchandise shop for a bit before uh, before we got the kids into bed. Uh, the uh, On Saturday morning, um, we were up, uh, actually, I think it was Friday morning, uh, we were up early to get ready for our day in Magic Kingdom, which opened at 9 a.m. that day. I had asked the front desk the night before what time the buses to Magic Kingdom started running, and and they told me that it was typically about a half hour before park opening, and that just did not sound right to me, so we were outside waiting for the bus around 7.45 that morning, and sure enough, one came right away, and we were uh, through the turnstile shortly after 8 o'clock, so if you're planning to get to the park for a rope drop, I would definitely recommend lining up for the bus at least an hour before the park opens, um, regardless of what the front desk tells you. As soon as we walked into that first pavilion um, and looked down Main Street and saw Cinderella's Castle, this feeling just rushed over me of how I, I missed this place and how good it felt to be back. Sure, things were a little different, but that feeling that you get when you're there is is still the same. The music, the sun, the happy families, the anticipation, it, it really it really doesn't get much better. Uh, we walked down Main Street and grabbed a, a family photo in front of the castle right near the, the Walt and Mickey statue. The incredible thing was we, we didn't have to find an empty space or worry about being in somebody else's picture because there was nobody there. Our picture literally looks like uh, there was nobody else in the park, and we may never get a picture like that again, so I thought that was pretty cool. After the picture, we headed straight toward the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is what 
almost literally everyone else seemed to be doing. The park didn't officially open until 9, but they started running the mine train well before that. We ended up waiting, I think it was about 20 minutes to get on. Um, We ended up spending the rest of the morning working our way around Fantasyland. Um, The Barnstormer and Dumbo are are two of our, our kids' favorites. Uh, they love doing those and they're fun for us too, because the kids, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's, they're both rides that they don't mind waiting in line for. And and they're just relatively simple rides and great for the kids. So we, we like doing, doing those with them. We then worked our way over to the Liberty Square area and hopped on the Haunted Mansion before our one o'clock reservation at the Liberty Tree Tavern. This was our first experience at the Liberty Liberty Tree Tavern, and I can honestly say that we really enjoyed it. The food was served family style, and it was turkey, pulled pork, brisket with mashed potatoes, green beans, stuffing, and macaroni and cheese. And the dessert, which was this toffee cake, uh, toffee cake with chocolate syrup and vanilla ice cream, was so good. It was a a very heavy meal for lunch, but we really enjoyed the food, and it's definitely a uh, a, rec- uh, a restaurant that I would recommend. After lunch, the plan was to hit Frontierland and Adventureland, but Splash Mountain and Pirates of the Caribbean were both temporary cl- temporarily closed, uh, uh, and the wait time at the Thunder Rail- Railroad was really long. I, I actually tweeted out that the, that Splash Mountain and Pirates of the Caribbean were closed and that things had taken a turn for the worse. I was devastated that both of those rides were closed. Um, two of my favorite rides at Magic Kingdom, and they were both closed. So I was hoping that they were going to open back up. So instead of waiting around there, we headed over to Tomorrowland uh, to hit Buzz Lightyear Space Raid and your spin. I still have yet to achieve galactic hero status. It's something I'm not proud of. Um, it, so I was eager for another crack at it. Unfortunately, I came up short once again, so my quest for galactic supremacy must uh, must still go on. I <laughs> I got shamed a little bit in a, a group chat with my friends uh, at Rope Drop Radio and Back to the Mouse. They they told me I should keep going uh, until I reached my goal, but my kids at that point were not about to wait in line again. So we moved on instead to Space Mountain. After Space Mountain, it was back to Adventureland to try to uh, to try our luck with Pirates of the Caribbean. By this time, it had opened back up, but the wait time was really long. So we hopped in line for the Jungle Cruise, hoping that it would shorten, which <laughs> the Jungle Cruise, it's one of those classic rides that you know exactly what to expect, but it still makes you laugh every single time, even though you know all the jokes. I, it, I, re- <laughs> I really enjoy that ride. Um... Once we got off, the wait time for Pirates was still really long, and it, it had started to rain by then, but I, I really wanted to do it, uh, despite my family. I think they all had voted against doing it. Um, but my dad was a good sport, and he and I waited in uh, the rain while the rest of us, uh, while the rest of the family took shelter nearby. I have some thoughts to share about the wait times and the line queues, uh, which I'll share at the end of the show. We ended up waiting... About an hour to ride, maybe a little bit less. Um, but for, for me, it was totally worth it. I'm not sure about the rest. I'm not sure how uh, if the rest of my family felt the same way. After that, it was around 6:30, and by then my kids were pretty much done. 
it was a, a really long day for them and it was still raining and it was starting to get a little cold. So we, we grabbed some soft serve for the kids, uh, which is what you do when it's cold and rainy, right? <laughs> and then uh, made our way out uh, and headed back to the resort. The next day was the first of our two rest days that we built into our trip. I, <laughs> I got roasted a little bit uh, on Twitter for this, but we always build at least one rest day into our trips to Disney World. And I would recommend that to anyone um, that you do that on your trips. There's so much to do outside the parks and at the resorts um, that that you miss out uh, if if you're if you're in the parks all day every day. Um, the parks are great, but there's so much to do outside of them. Plus, it's so great to have some downtime to re recharge your batteries and gear up for um, for your next park day. As much as I I love spending time in the parks, we really really look forward to um, our rest days. My day started on the golf course. I met up with Scott from the Disney Cruise Line blog, and we played nine holes at Disney's Oak Trail Golf Course. It's a, a really fun little course, not too challenging and really reasonably priced and definitely easily walkable. It had been a few months since I last played, but it was really nice to get out. Plus, there's lots of wildlife on the course, so, so that was a lot of fun to see. I was back to the resort before noon and the kids were finishing up their Mickey waffles in the room that my wife picked up from uh, from the Roaring Fork at the uh, right there at the Wilderness Lodge. Our plan for the day was to visit Disney Springs with the, the main goal of shopping at World of Disney. This is always a big bribe for us leading up to our Disney trips. We, we use buying the kids something from the World of Disney as leverage when we need our kids to do, uh, to do something and it pretty much works uh, every time. Browsing the store felt more enjoyable this time because they were limiting capacity in the store and it felt a whole lot less crowded. Um, so the kids got to pick out their items, but in my opinion, the, I don't know, the selection of merchandise for adult men was not very good. Um, and I guess it usually isn't. I think... Um, I don't know. I, I, I was just, I was hoping, I was hoping there would be a, a, a lot more variety, you know, stuff that would catch my eye. And I really wanted there to be, um, a decent sized Marvel section, but they hardly had anything. Needless to say, both my wife and I left without buying anything for ourselves, which is extremely rare for her. Uh, we, we, um, after we left, we, we picked up smoothies from a stand right outside the store and took a mask break at the, at that little outdoor theater right there outside of world of Disney. Um, we browsed a few other shops before heading, um, to Wolfgang pucks for a four o'clock early dinner reservation. Once back at the resort, the kids wanted to hit the pool and we thought they were crazy uh, because it was definitely the coldest day while we were down there. I think the high that day was like 63 degrees. It was certainly not uh, <laughs> ideal pool weather, but they're kids and they don't care. So they wanted me to go in the pool with them, but I told them they were crazy and there was no way I was getting in while it was that cold. I did settle for the hot tub though because um, and because it was so cold, we literally had the pool and the hot tub areas all to ourselves, which was which was pretty awesome. We must have stood out as New Englanders that day uh, because it was freezing and there was nobody else at the pool, and my kids just enjoyed it. 
And they also played in that water park area for like an hour. And the water in there is not heated at all and is probably 10 to 15 degrees colder than the pool. Um, I thought they were nuts, but they were having lots of fun. Uh, and when we when they had finally had enough, we grabbed some Mickey bars from the merchandise shop and, uh, and took them back to the room. So overall, a, a great first rest day. Sunday was our day to visit Animal Kingdom. Um, I believe the park that day opened at 8 a.m., so we were waiting for the bus by 6.45. It definitely paid off getting ready that early because we basically walked right on to Flight of Passage when we got there. Um, And after that, we made the mistake of waiting in line for the Navi River Journey, which was probably the longest line that we waited in all week. We should have gone to literally any other ride <laughs> instead, but my mom and dad really wanted to do it. And I, I thought that I thought it might have been the shortest the line would be all day. So we, we sort of sucked it up and, and did it. Um, that did turn out to be true, uh, that it was the shortest that it was going to be all day because the line was really long after that. But if there's one ride at Disney that's very overrated, Navi River Journey might be the one. Um it's just, I don't know. It, to, mm, I don't know. Thankfully, the line to the safari went relatively quickly, and, and the wait at, at Navi didn't back us up too much. Um, the safari ride can be hit or miss. I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably experienced that, depending on what the animals are doing. But I would say that we got lucky, and this was one of our, our better rides. It was... Um, it was awesome. Most of the animals were really active or standing in clear view, which is pretty rare. The cheetahs were walking around. We got, um, we actually got stopped at the lion exhibit for several minutes because uh, there was an animal in the road up ahead. And the male lion was up and walking around right in plain sight, which was awesome. And then when we uh, drove forward a little further after that, a rhino came within feet of our vehicle. So it was it was really awesome. And our, our driver kept commenting how lucky we got. After the, the safari, the, the next logical attraction is the Maharaja Jungle Trek. This is always a family favorite of ours, but we didn't get quite as lucky with the animals here. Our tiger, uh, the tigers are our favorites in that exhibit, and uh, we didn't really get great views of them. But it was still fun to to walk the trek. We fit it. We hit a few more rides before lunch, which was um, uh, which was an interesting experience. I, I wanted to um, I wanted to eat at Satuli Canteen, but since the kids couldn't find anything they wanted on that menu, we ended up ordering something all the way over in Dino Land. So I made the trek over and back to get them uh their food before finally sitting down for lunch it was <laughs> it was a lot of walking for uh for one for one lunch um the food at Satuli Canteen is really good um but it's a little non-traditional I would highly recommend it but you may want to check them out the menu before you commit to making it a part of your plan um especially if you have some pickier eaters in your in your travel party uh, they don't have, you know, your traditional things just like hamburgers or, or, or chicken fingers, things like that. It's, uh, like I said, a little more non-traditional. After lunch, we were able to ride Flight of Passage two more times and jumped on Everest uh, to round out the day. So that sort of gives you an idea of what the, the lines and wait times are like. It was awesome that we got to do um, Flight of Passage that many times. Back at the resort, it was my dad's birthday that day, so we had planned to do a cookout. 
We ordered everything from Amazon and grilled burgers and hot dogs right there at the resort. It was a, a really fun way to celebrate his birthday. And my wife, this was awesome, even had an ice cream cake delivered from Amazon. And it was still frozen when we ate it. So that was a, a pretty cool treat for a, um, a birthday cookout. The next day was Monday, which was the second of our two scheduled rest days. Um, my dad and I had an 8.30 tea time at Disney's Magnolia Golf Course, and uh, my kids were able to rope drop the pool that morning. This might have been the nicest day that we had down there. The weather was absolutely perfect and was exactly the kind of day that we had been looking forward to uh, really over the past year. My dad and I had a great time on the golf course, but when we were done, I was really looking forward to getting back and just relaxing by the pool. And, uh, and we did just that for the rest of the day. It was an awesome day. Um, and <laughs> when, you're, when you're laying by the pool, do you ever get that feeling that you're, just, you're doing just exactly what you want to do and you wouldn't want to be anywhere else? Well, <laughs> that, was, that was definitely me laying in that lounge chair. It was, uh, it was perfect. I didn't want to be doing anything else. I, mm, I might have settled for being on Castaway Key, but I, that is really about it. It was uh, a really perfect uh, afternoon by the pool. Later that afternoon, we had made arrangements for a former Disney Resort salon and spa cast member to come to our room and, and give our daughter her very first haircut. My son got his first haircut um, at Walt Disney World, and my wife was pretty upset that we weren't going to be able to do that for Emily. But she was browsing the Ear for Each Other Facebook group one day and found this uh, this former cast member who was coming to um, coming to rooms and doing haircuts and princess makeovers. So we reached out to her and uh, and made some arrangements for her to give Emily her first haircut uh, right there in our room at the Wilderness Lodge. Her name is Claire, um, and if you're interested, her Facebook page is called Once Upon a Transformation. She was absolutely amazing. I, I can't say uh, I can't speak highly enough of her. She was awesome and really made my daughter feel special. Um, we even got an official first haircut certificate, and she gave Emily a, a full-on princess makeover. Uh, it was a really great experience for her and uh, and for my wife and I as well. It was fun watching her, and I would highly, highly recommend Claire um, if you're looking to do something similar um, and you know help support a, a furloughed cast member as well. Um, so definitely, uh, give her a look if it's something that you're interested in doing. We rounded out that day with reservations at Whispering Canyon. This was our first time dining here. I was really looking forward to it actually. And, um, I thought the food was excellent. However, I did, it, it did have a couple drawbacks in my opinion. The, the skillets, which are the, the main offering and, um, it's basically, you know, an all you can eat skillet and, but the, the thing about them, though, is they're, they're very expensive, and it's a lot of food. Um, I felt like the, the first portion that they brought me was more than enough, but I did end up asking for uh, more of the cu uh, a couple of the dishes because I, I, I felt like I needed to to justify the cost. Um, it, really expensive and, and another really heavy meal. Also, if you have picky eaters in the family, this is... This is probably not the right menu for you. There, there's not a whole lot of variety. Um, I don't know if this was a limited menu because of the the current environment that we're in, but my wife and my mom had a hard time figuring out um, what they wanted to eat, and even after they did, felt like what they what they did get wasn't maybe worth the price that we paid. 
Our final park day for this trip had arrived, and this was the one that I was the most excited for. I I wanted to do Rise of the Resistance again. I wanted to experience Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway for the first time, and my son had been dying to go on Rock and Roller Coaster, which is my favorite ride. So I was really excited for uh, for him to finally get to uh, to do that with me. I woke up early to try to get a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance which did not go well. Um, I'll get into it in more detail at the end of the show, but needless to say, we did not get a boarding group the first time around, and I was not happy about it. <laughs> I think I was pretty uh, pretty grumpy for the first uh, few hours of that day. Hollywood Studios opened at 9 o'clock that morning, and the first bus to arrive at our resort didn't show up until about 8.20. We were in line well before that, but that was when the first bus um first bus came i thought we were going to be really late but the park was still relatively empty when we arrived and uh we walked right on to mickey and minnie's runaway railway um and then to uh toy story mania after that for so for both rides we waited less than 10 minutes to get on which was which was great um and just as a side note Toy Story Mania might be the best attraction at Walt Disney World. It's not my favorite, but it might be the best one. The re-ride ability is just off the charts, and it's it's fun. It's like I mean, every time I get off the ride, I have the urge to jump right back in line. The kids love it, and it's it's just an amazing ride. It's it's awesome. But anyway, after we got off uh, the park really started to fill up a little bit and the wait times were getting longer and by that time the line for slinky dog dash was um estimating an hour wait so my parents jumped in line for us um again more on this uh, a little bit later and uh and we headed to alien swirling saucers which <clears throat> i i think that one stinks but it, it, it had a short ride time and uh, and my kids wanted to do it so um so it worked it actually worked out well we were able to jump uh, we were able to ride that and then jump right in line with my parents, and the timing just uh, just worked out perfectly. After we left Toy Story Land, we headed down to uh, down Hollywood Boulevard to get in line for the Rock and Roller Coaster, which was um, <laughs> which was queuing all the way into that long ramp uh, at the entrance of Fantasmic. You know that ramp that you have to walk up to get there. Um, walking up there just made me really sad that we wouldn't be able to watch the show that uh, that evening. Um, it's one of the things that I miss the most about the trip. That's one of my favorite shows. Actually, that is my favorite show at Walt Disney World. And um, it was, you know, just sad that it wasn't going to be running. We waited about 45 minutes for the Rock and Roller Coaster, which is just not quite the same without being able to watch the pre-show with Aerosmith. But the best part about the ride was my son coming off and declaring that it was his new favorite ride. So definitely a a proud dad moment for me there. We were able to ride Runaway Railway again before our lunch reservation, which I was really excited about. I I really, really liked the ride. I think they did a a great job with um, the limited space that they have. We had a 1250 reservation at Mama Melrose's, which was another first for us. And meh, it it was just it was just okay. Um, but I stepped outside a little before one o'clock to make another attempt at getting a boarding group, 
And it's it's really funny. I was standing there with my app open, watching the seconds count down on my watch, and my heart was racing so fast. It was like I had just gone for a long run. Just the anticipation of the uh, you know the um, the gr- the uh, reservation uh, system opening was just making me, uh, making me so anxious. But the clock struck one o'clock, and everything went seamlessly from there. We got boarding group number 132, which was trending to be called around 5 o'clock that evening. So I really felt this weight lifted off my shoulders because I felt like I had let the whole family down by not getting in a group uh, earlier that morning. Especially my parents, who had never been on the ride before. By lunchtime, we had done just about everything we wanted to do in Hollywood Studios, except for the two rides in Galaxy's Edge. So we planned to take a ride on the Skyliner um, just just to kill some time. Um, the kids were getting pretty tired, and um, we, we wanted to just give them a little bit of a rest. We walked through Galaxy's Edge on the way out, so I took this opportunity to indulge in the most tasty and refreshing treat in the whole park, and that would be the blue milk from the milk stand. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, you may know that I take a lot of flack for uh, professing my enjoyment of this tasty beverage. Uh, I, I think it's great. I, I love the blue milk in uh, galaxy's edge. I, I mean, I finished it and I immediately wanted another one, but, uh, at eight bucks a cup, I ultimately decided against that. Um, so fresh off that we made our way out of the park and onto the Skyliner and headed toward the Rivera, uh, excuse me, the Riviera. My parents wanted to tour the DVC rooms there, so we did that and then took the long way back to Hollywood Studios um, by way of Epcot. And it turned out to be uh, to be the, the, the perfect way to waste time because my kids got the enjoyment out of the ride um, and we got to rest and have them, uh, th- have them fully contained. So uh, it was great. We got back to the park a little before four and headed straight for Smuggler's Run. Our Rise of the Resistance boarding group was still tracking to be called around 5 o'clock, so we hadn't lost much time. Um, So with an estimated wait time of 50 minutes, the timing seemed like it was going to work out um, just perfectly. I was finally able to pilot the Millennium Falcon for the first time, and I don't—I thought it might have improved my perception of this ride, but it, it definitely did not. I, I still think they could have done a whole lot better, um, and in my opinion, this is... It's not a ride worth a long wait. Um, I, I, people might disagree with me on that, but I just I don't love um, Smuggler's Run. Um, but we were about to uh, put the icing on the cake of a fantastic Walt Disney World vacation. Um, as soon as we came out of Smuggler's Run, our boarding group was called right. Uh, the timing could have been more perfect. Rise of the Resistance is definitely the new gold standard for amusement park attractions, um, and it, it doesn't disappoint no matter how times you how many times you ride it. I'm sure if you've experienced it, you probably would agree with agree with me on that. I get asked a lot what it's like. Even my parents, um, you know, they're asking me about what it is and what it's like, and it's it's just too hard to describe. I always say it's an experience and not a ride, but you really. You really can't even know what that means until you've actually done it. Um, so we we wrote it. My parents were super impressed, and we were happy that we, uh, we were able to get in. By the time we were off, everybody was pretty much ready to call it a day, so we headed for the exit via Toy Story Land. 
on the way out, we saw that the line for Toy Story Mania was only 10 minutes. Um, and it, it, you don't not jump in line for Toy Story Mania if it's only, if it's saying standby is only 10 minutes, but it actually turned out to be even less than that. So it was, uh, the perfect way to, to cap off our day in Hollywood studios. We had a 6 p.m. flight the next day, so we effectively got two bonus days at the resort, one on our first day and one on our last. And again, this is the reason I suggest early flights on the first day and late flights on the last. It was so nice to just have a relaxing morning, you know, have some extra time to pack up, and then we got to lay by the pool until it was time to hop on the Tragical Express. So now that you've heard the details of our trip, I wanted to answer some of the most common questions uh, that I've gotten and provide some helpful tips. Uh, and then I want to just talk about a, a few observations that I made. So uh, if you'll bear with me a little bit longer, um, I, I just have a couple more things I want to go through. Um, and I'll do them in that order. So I'm going to do the questions, then the tips, and then, the, uh, and then, and then my observations. So by far, the question that I've been asked the most is, how are the crowds? In all honesty, I thought that the parks felt crowded, but in reality, they actually weren't. And this was clear from the amount of time that you wait in the lines. I don't think we waited in any line longer than an hour, and that includes the three times we rode Flight of Passage. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's possible to ride Flight of Passage three times and do everything else under normal park capacity. So, you know, that alone made me, uh, you know, made me feel like the crowds weren't as large as they felt. Um, but I was thinking about this and I think what made the parks feel crowded was just the amount of people out in the common areas and the common walkways. But because of the way they do the line queues now, you're not lined up in the rides like you, like you normally are. They, they spread you out. They spread you way out, um, into the common areas. So you see a lot of people around, but in a lot of cases they're standing in lines. So there, you know, there's a lot of people, but they're, they're, um, they're not just they're not just walking around. They're actually lined up for a you know a ride or an attraction, and also the parking lots are empty. I mean, so you you know there are are, are much fewer people in the park. The second most common question uh, that I get is how are the lines? So I, I just mentioned that we we didn't have to wait very long for any ride. But the nice thing about being spread out so far is that you're constantly um, moving, and it's it's probably a mental thing. But when you're when you're always moving ahead, moving, you know, moving up in the line, I, I feel like it makes the, the wait times feel a whole lot shorter. And we definitely experienced that. Um, and I, I thought that having the line spread out over such a long distance was actually a, a really big benefit. You could have members of your party wait in line while you were off doing other things. And then when you were ready to join, um, um, when they were ready, when they were, gosh, I can't, I can't spit it out. Um, when you're ready to join them again, you, you wouldn't have to, you know, walk, walk, walk awkwardly uh, through the lines to find uh, the rest of your travel party. Um, they could just join in seamlessly before the line even got to the entrance of where the actual attraction is. So this was a, a huge benefit for us on multiple occasions. You saw tons of families taking advantage of this, and the, we even noticed that the cast members were actually encouraging families to do this. Um, so, you know, we didn't feel too guilty about doing that. The one downside to this, though, um, the, the long queue lines is that on many of the attractions, there there's a lot to see in the line queues, and when you're you know, you know when you're rushed through the lines, you, you miss out on a lot of those details. So that was kind of just one thing that I noticed. 
The last common question that I get, and this was something that was um, heavily on my mind before we went down there, was what is it like having to wear a mask all the time? Honestly, this is the thing I was most concerned about for our trip. I I personally hate wearing masks, and I was very afraid that um, that they were were going to ne- negatively affect my uh, my experience and enjoyment in a big way. Um, I think I've mentioned it before. I I just have these images in my head of what our Disney um, our Disney vacations feel like. It's just this really nostalgic feeling that I always get, and I, I didn't want anything to um, you know sort of have a, a negative impact on that. But this was, it was definitely not the case. Sure, there were times um, when I thought that they were super annoying, but for the most part, I, I pretty much forgot about them until the end of the day when I could finally rip them off and relax a little bit back at the resort. I would say that if you feel like I did, after my experience, it's definitely not a reason to not go. Um, so, you know, we, we still very much enjoyed our experience and the, the masks didn't have a material negative impact on, uh, on our trip. So moving on to a few tips that I think will be super helpful if you're taking a, a trip down there. And I'll, I'll definitely be passing these along to all the families that, um, that I work with when helping, um, them book their trips. Um, the first tip is regarding the quick service dining. So the entire quick service ordering experience has been moved completely onto the app and quite frankly i love it i think it is great you order your food right on the app and they text you when it's ready i i just think it's brilliant my tip here is more like a a strategy if it's approaching lunchtime and you know where you want to eat go ahead and put your order in about a half hour before you're ready to eat This way, you don't have to just wait outside the restaurant for your food to be ready. You can easily jump in line for something or finish up waiting for a ride while your food is prepared. The app will give you a window of time that they estimate your food will be ready, so you can sort of plan accordingly. And there's like a a status bar tracker that sort of shows you your progress. We made the mistake of ordering when we were ready to eat and ended up just waiting around um, about a half hour before our food was ready. Um, Also, many of the quick service food locations have reserved seating for those guests whose food is ready. So you don't have to fight for a table either, um, which was something that we, you know, sort of learned on the fly. My second tip uh, is about securing a Rise of the Resistance boarding group. Um, I think I have it down now. I, I think I know the the process. I, I you know, <laughs> based on two cracks at it on one day, I, I think I got it. So first of all, be sure that you have everyone in your travel party linked together and be in a place where you have the maximum amount of cell service. I would recommend not using Disney's uh, resort Wi-Fi. Some people say it's better on their Wi-Fi. I think it's better on your cell service and with you know maximum uh, maximum service. I also recommend that you designate this task to one member of your travel party. I think having multiple people try is what caused us not to get one when we tried in the morning. Um, so definitely, I recommend you designate one person that you trust the most to uh, <laughs> to try to get you um, your your boarding group. So a few minutes before 7 a.m., have that one person open the app and on the homepage under the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance section, click the join button. 
When the clock hits 6.59, start to constantly refresh the page until the clock turns to 7. So on the iPhone, you tap it, you you know, you know pull, you drag it down, and then you let it go. That'll refresh it. Um, I'm not sure how to, how to do it on an Android. I'm sure it's probably a, a similar um, a similar approach. But when the clock turns to 7, there will be a button to join a boarding group. So click that button. Don't worry about verifying your travel party. If you have everyone properly linked and everyone has a, a park ticket that day uh, to Hollywood Studios, it'll automatically select everybody uh, in your group. So go right to the bottom and confirm, and hopefully you will have gotten a nice and early boarding group. Um, that's the process. Uh, it, it, that should work. If by chance you don't get in a boarding group at 7 a.m. like we did, you can try again at 1 p.m., but you have to be inside of Hollywood Studios to try at 1. And, and to do that, just repeat the, the same steps as above, and uh, you, you should hopefully get a group. So those are the two main tips that I came away with. Um, I, I had a couple others, but I didn't think they were um, worthwhile for putting in the show. So if you, if you want my other ones, feel free to reach out and, uh, and just ask me. So now on to, I want to finish the show with a couple of observations that I had. First, why is Disney Plus not installed on all of the resort TVs? It makes no sense to me. This just seems like a no-brainer and something that should be super easy to get done. I, I don't understand why. Hopefully that is something that is in the works there. We actually called down to the front desk um, to ask if there was any way to watch WandaVision. We sort of knew the answer, but just wanted to see if they had anything for us. And they said they're actually working on, or they were working on getting Disney Plus on the TVs before COVID. Um, and then, you know, things just got sidetracked a little bit. So hopefully that's something that will eventually um, work its way to all of the resorts. Next, I felt pretty safe at e each of the parks with the procedures that Disney has in place. But I, I couldn't help but notice that for every plexiglass barrier in a line queue, there was another section of the line where people were standing just about as close together that did not have a plexiglass barrier. I don't know. It just felt to me like there were there were places where there were extra measures to keep people properly distanced, and then others where the measures were a little more lax. I, I don't know if other people have that same observation or have that experience, but um, it was just something that, that I happened to notice. And speaking of plexiglass... I understand the apparent need for it on certain ride vehicles, but it definitely, definitely impacts the ride in a negative way. The three best examples I can think of were on the Safari, on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and on Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, you can see through the plexiglass, but you get you get glares or reflections or the glass isn't completely clear, and looking through the plexiglass is is definitely not the same as seeing whatever you're looking at clearly with your own eyes. So if you can, try to get in the front of a car or off to the sides where you can sort of see around it. Hopefully those aren't long-term solutions because I I really do think they're a, they're a hindrance. And the final thing I'll mention is just it's just that feeling that you get of the missing magic. If you've if you've visited Disney World before, you you know what I'm talking about. It's the um, it's the happily ever after fireworks show. It's fantastic. It's um, you know we saw fewer characters around the parks aside from the cavalcades and uh, you know at Magic Kingdom and the character floats on the waterways at Animal Kingdom. And even when you do see them, they just, they feel so distant. They're not, you know, 
it, it, it's just different. And not having the evening shows definitely leaves a major void, but hopefully that will all start to, to work its way back very soon. Um, but overall, a very positive experience. So there you have it, all my thoughts from our recent trip down to Walt Disney World. Overall, we had a really amazing time, and I would absolutely recommend a trip down there in the current climate. I had many concerns about the new policies and procedures and about how they would affect our experience, but aside from a few minor inconveniences here and there, it was close to being just as magical as ever, so um, definitely recommend taking a trip down there. Thanks for following along, and uh, we'll be back with another Disney Cruise Line topic in the next episode of the DCL Dude Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I could do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.